0: The latest from 7 News with Michael Usher. Good evening and welcome tonight. Australia's vaccine ramp up when we'll hit the magic number. COVID spreads beyond the capital cities, how it's escaped Sydney and Melbourne. Greece burns. We're on the ground there where wildfires are raging and a royal lawsuit. Prince Andrew faces sexual assault charges. We'll have the latest from London. But first, we begin with Australia's vaccine rollout, really picking up pace right now, with just shy of 14 million doses administered so far. More than 40 per cent of adults have had one dose, Just over 20% are fully vaccinated. But if we stay on the current trajectory, 70% of the population will have received their first dose by October 4. And 70% will be fully vaccinated about a month after that. As for the magic target of 80% fully vaccinated, well, that should come in around 119 days from now in December. And those milestones look like the only way out of lockdown for New South Wales, which has recorded another bleak pandemic high of 356 locally acquired cases of COVID-19 in a day. At least 150 of them were infectious in the community. Our reporter Tom Hartley is live with more on all of this. Tom, good evening to you. Now, those numbers obviously a huge concern. Now it's spreading. What is the latest on the Byron Bay case that's plunged northern New South Wales into lockdown?
1: Well,
2: Michael, we're learning more about that man in his 50s who's triggered this whole thing. It's reported that he actually travelled up to that region with his two teenage kids on a bit of a real estate mission to check out a few properties. That's yet to be confirmed at this point in time, but we're told that they're now all infectious and probably were all infectious whilst they were out and about in the community towards the end of July. Now it's also been said that this man doesn't believe in COVID despite the fact that he does have it and for that reason he wasn't checking into venues as he was moving around with his kids. Now those three are all in isolation in Lismore Hospital at the moment but they're certainly not complying with authorities. We're told that at this point in time it looks like police will be getting involved.
0: All right now Tom people rightly are asking in New South Wales how that state got here and that inquiry today has asked the same question.
2: Yes, certainly the Chief Health Officer and Brad Hazard, our state's health minister, was grilled over their handling of the COVID outbreak, this current outbreak so far. Uh, Nothing too explosive coming out of that. We did hear the Chief Health Officer, Dr Kerry Chance, say that some things could have been handled differently in hindsight. Of course, we always hear that saying about hindsight that we won't repeat. She says, now, with that outbreak in the East, that was handled well, but as cases started popping up in the West, that's when they think they probably should have gone a bit harder. They should have changed their tact. And we also learned in this inquiry that there's a bit of a difference in listening to advice and actually taking it. Now, while we've been under the impression every day uh, from going through those press conferences that the Premier and her Uh, and her um, fellow uh, colleagues take that direct advice from Dr. Chan actually sounds like according to Brad that's not so much the case Um, he said and I quote he listens to the the advice and he challenges all underpinning aspects of that in what he calls healthy discussions now he also uh, threw a bit of criticism at those uh, hosting this inquiry all about the timing of it let's take a listen
0: but right now, this is a bit silly. An hour and a half in the middle of a pandemic, it'll be the first time in history that, in the middle of a war, a parliamentary committee's called an inquiry in to ask us, "Well, how did you make your decisions?"
2: We're busy in our hospitals tonight, Michael. With. Lots more COVID cases appearing uh, here at the R- RPA. Seems like a bit of a triage situation outside but certainly a busy night, busy few weeks, potentially busy months ahead.
0: Yep, that is true. Alright Tom Hartley in Sydney thank you for that. Now in some breaking news, a person in uh, Dubbo in the New South Wales Central West has tested positive to COVID-19. At Dubbo West Public School will be closed tomorrow after a member of the school community there, not saying exactly who it is at this stage, sure we're not being told rather, they contracted the virus. Staff and students have been told to isolate until they receive further advice. Well, Victoria's recorded 20 new COVID cases today as concerns mount over the growing outbreak linked to a shopping centre. Our reporter Georgia Love is live from Melbourne tonight. Georgia, good evening to you. Now, this exposure site could put the uh, an end to lockdown in jeopardy.
3: Unfortunately, good Good evening, Michael. Now, tonight, or today, I should say, more than half of our new infections have come from the CS shopping centre in Caroline Springs, where, worryingly, health officials believe that a number of cases could have been caught via fleeting contact. That has sparked the health department just late tonight in the last hour to up the exposure alert to Tier 1 for all staff who worked at the centre on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday last week and anyone who used the male toilets then too. That is on top of what is already a tier two exposure site for anyone who was at the centre at all on those days.
0: The area of most concern to us today is Caroline Springs and continues to be Caroline Springs. We've seen now 25 cases associated with the Caroline Springs Square um, shopping centre across a number of different units, number of different retail units and people. And I would again urge all uh, everybody who's been to that shopping center over that uh, over that period please come forward and get tested immediately.
3: Now, there were more than 20 new exposure alerts today, including the public housing towers behind me at Flemington. Another tower on high alert today. A number of residents in lockdown over a number of floors. and Not the entire tower is in lockdown, though. There are two of, of concern tonight. Last year, this exact time last year, in fact, they were both under full lockdown. So yeah. it's a triggering and very concerning sense of deja vu.
0: Absolutely, Liz. it is. Let's hope it stays contained for now. But... Georgia, let's go to some positive numbers, some positive news. It's been another big day for vaccinations in Victoria, and that's good.
3: A really big day, in fact, Michael, to over 23,000 vaccinations statewide yesterday. That is probably a really good sign that younger people were willing and just waiting to be able to get the AstraZeneca jab. Yeah. Yesterday was the first day that under-40s could go into our state-run clinics. Now, it's not just a case of first-day frenzy, either. 333 thousand bookings have been made in the next month if we stay on track at that rate we'll have 70 percent of victorians vaccinated by the end of november and that elusive 80 percent number could be reached before christmas
0: that's where we need to head and young people are leading the way georgia love thanks for that report tonight well as case numbers increase in the queensland new south wales border zone police are cracking down in a major operation to stop the spread In the last 24 hours uh, over 400 vehicles were stopped by police specifically for uh, those breaches that might be occurring in and around the public health orders and people travelling without a reasonable excuse, 17 infringement notices were issued and 7 vehicles were turned around and sent back uh, to locations where they came from because they had no reasonable excuse. Extraordinary that people are giving it a crack, but Elliot Chipper is going to talk about this life in Brisbane now. Elliot, hello, what do we know about Operation Boundary Response?
1: Good evening, Michael. Well, essentially, it's a very highly visible police operation in which officers are making their presence known across uh, not only main roads and main motorways, but also back roads and, and regional and rural areas across northern New South Wales. This, of course, is the area that continues to come under threat from COVID-19 coming up from the south. Uh, police officers from Traffic and Highway Patrol will be heavily monitoring our uh, roads across 11 police districts, stopping vehicles, checking... Uh, where they're going, why they're going there and uh, really compliance checks to see if they are complying with those stay-at-home orders. Of course, it comes as that case has travelled up from Sydney to Byron Bay and we now have those uh, local government areas in lockdown. So as the border bubble comes under further scrutiny on both sides of the border, our police are yeah. really stepping up their operations to make sure there is that compliance and stop the spread, Michael.
0: Well, as they should, it's going to be good protection for Queensland which has had a pretty good result today, Elliot. Elliot?
1: absolutely if, if there's good news uh, to come then we've only had three cases up here in Queensland all linked to that Indrapilly cluster which now sits at well over a hundred people uh, 13,000 are still in home quarantine as of course the southeast comes out of lockdown uh, but meanwhile in the state's far north cairns has endured their second day of lockdown after that taxi driver was infectious in the community for more than 10 days after catching off that marine reef pilot thousands of people have been turning out to get tested uh, still no cases up there so really everyone waiting with bated breath for that press conference tomorrow to see if there are any more cases and potentially to see if they can come out of lockdown at four o'clock tomorrow afternoon michael
0: all right elliot chipper in brisbane thank you for that now tributes have been paid to a five-month-old baby girl who died in that tragic accident after her mother was swooped by a magpie Baby Mia suffered a serious head injury when her mother fell. A GoFundMe for the family has already raised more than $100,000. Police and council have launched an operation to prevent future magpie attacks in that area. Taylor Walker's AFL career is hanging in the balance tonight with the Crows boss refusing to confirm his future at the club. The uncertainty comes despite Walker's video apology to Robbie Young after he made a racial slur during a game last month and after a glittering games almost all of our athletes have now landed back on home soil a charter plane of 97 olympians and support staff landed in darwin last night sadly there was no parade of course just not possible for now just buses to take them straight to howard springs they've joined more than a hundred others already at the quarantine center including swim coach turn performer dean boxall there he is guaranteed a bit of entertainment at a distance The Prime Minister has blasted climate change protesters for spray-painting the facade of Parliament House in Canberra this morning. The demonstrations came in the wake of a landmark climate report that warned of a code red for humanity. Our political reporter Jennifer Beshwadi standing by in Canberra. Of course, Jen, good evening to you. A pretty fiery start to the parliamentary day.
5: Yeah, that's right, Michael. Protests out the front of Parliament this morning. A group from the Extinction Rebellion, they set fire to a pram. They superglued their hands to the ground. Uh, One of them also spray-painted the words, duty of care, on the pillars of Parliament House. They then went to the lodge down the road where the Prime Minister lives and also vandalised the walls there. Eight activists uh, were arrested by federal police uh, and will be charged. Some of with breaching bail conditions. We heard from the Prime Minister today who condemned the activists, uh, calling them foolish, mm. and insisted that he is taking action on climate change. The Greens, as you can expect, applauded the protesters. Uh, Adam Band said that the vandalism is what the Coalition government is doing to our future. Michael? All
0: right, well, that was outside, but inside, Jen, there were some pretty heated scenes in the chamber today.
5: Yeah, it all started after the uh, rebel Nationals MP George Christensen made a rather controversial speech to the parliament just before question time where he said, among other things, that um, uh, masks are not working, that lockdowns don't work and uh, undermined health experts. Uh, In a rare moment, in fact, the government granted permission for Labor to condemn Mr. Christensen's comments and Anthony Albanese did do that. The Prime Minister also himself spoke and distanced himself from Mr Christensen. Uh, Scott Morrison praised the frontline staff and the acceleration of the vaccination program. Here's what Scott Morrison had to say.
0: It doesn't matter how you start the race, Mr Speaker. It's how you finish the race. And we're going to run that race all the way to the finish line, Mr Speaker. But we're going to do it as Team Australia.
5: So apparently, Michael, it's now officially a race.
0: Team Australia in the race. All right, Jen Gembishwadi in Canberra, thank you. At least two people have died and dozens have been injured in catastrophic wildfires that are ravaging Greece after its worst heatwave in three decades. Hundreds of homes in the country's southern Peloponnese region have been destroyed with 100,000 hectares burned, but the most urgent efforts are focused north of Athens, with 600 firefighters on the nation's second largest island, Evia. Island residents have been forced to evacuate to the mainland by ferry. For more, CNN correspondent Eleni Giokos joins us now. Eleni, thank you so much for joining our program tonight. It looks post-apocalyptic where you are. Just describe what's happened there and the scale of this disaster.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, this fire was just put out um, and we saw dozens of firefighters local as well as from Slovakia, and you can still see a firefighter working to ensure that he saturates the ground uh, so that it doesn't reignite. So the hope was this morning that most fires had been, uh, you know, put out of control and now we're seeing a lot of them reigniting. So it's such hard work and I want you to imagine uh, flames and fires towering these uh, very tall trees and we witnessed the entire process uh, it was very dramatic and very emotional we actually saw Greek firefighters embracing uh, the Slovaks as well um, and it's incredible uh, show of camaraderie a lot of the international uh, assistance has arrived in Greece a lot of them coming through to Evia uh, where you saw the most intense and aggressive of fires now the Prime Minister says that over 580 fires ravaged through Greece uh, in the past few days and it's compounded by the extreme weather conditions we've seen over 45 degrees Celsius uh, temperatures we haven't seen in 30 years, and of course that impacting uh, the the fire, uh, the wildfires in Aviad is the second largest island. And uh, I think when you see just how much has been destroyed, oh, yeah. it is heartbreaking. The locals are shocked and they are traumatized, but all of them coming together to help, help in any way they can, from taking. Uh, uh, leaves and uh, branches to try put up uh, fires to the likes of uh, fire extinguishers, whatever they can do to help everyone has yeah. come together, Michael, to assist uh, the uh, emergency services.
0: Oh look, lady, that heartache you're describing extends around the world. We have such a large Greek population in Australia, so many people concerned about their relatives and loved ones there. You mentioned in, in your earlier report there that um, there are a lot of other countries yeah. coming in to help. About 20 other countries I think have stepped in to try and Help fight the fires?
5: Yeah. Yeah.
6: Yes, exactly. So, over 22 countries have come to Greece. They've either sent uh, firefighters and fire trucks, uh, aircraft, and helicopters. Many resources have been deployed to Greece and they've been scattered throughout the country because these aren't the only wildfires uh, in Evia. It's actually in a lot of other parts of the country. Some are now under control. But I just want to point here to the uh, Slovakian team that are still very much engaged with what is happening here and I have to say you can barely breathe You can see the ash in the air Um, Without this assistance and I have to absolutely point this out without the assistance of the international community uh, This would have been a lot harder. However, the locals tell me that uh, While it's great that you have this assistance. It's just come too late. This is now eight days of fires ravaging through this island and so much has been lost.
0: Oh Eleni, for a country that's been through so much financial pressure, then the COVID crisis and now this, it is not great. But thank you for bringing us that report. Eleni Giocas, thank you. Australian resident Virginia Giffray, who accused Jeffrey Epstein of trafficking her as a minor, is now suing his one-time friend Prince Andrew, alleging sexual abuse. Uh, Your correspondent Hugh Whitfield is live at Buckingham Palace with the latest on this, Hugh. Hello to you. Now, Ms Jaffe publicly accused Prince Andrew in 2019. What changes with this lawsuit?
4: Well, Michael, this is a civil lawsuit. It is not a criminal case. It's been filed in the federal court in Manhattan. Virginia Giuffre, or Virginia Roberts, as she was back in 2001, when it's claimed by her that she was forced to have sex with the Duke of York as a 17-year-old on at least three occasions, including in the London home of Ghislaine Maxwell, who at the time was Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend. That's where that now infamous photo of Prince Andrew, Virginia Giuffre, and Ghislaine Maxwell was taken. At least two other occasions where she says she was forced to have sex with the Queen's son, Uh, one time in Jeffrey Epstein's mansion in New York and another time uh, on his private island. She says as part of this lawsuit that uh, Epstein would regularly abuse her and that he would often lend her out to his famous friends, including Prince Andrew now as part of this lawsuit she has said quote I am holding Prince Andrew accountable for what he did to me she seeks substantial damages uh, now uh, Prince Andrew has long denied any knowledge of Virginia Jeffrey Virginia Roberts as she was back in 2001 uh, and of course gave that now infamous interview t- nearly 2 years ago to the BBC where he outlined the nature of his relationship mm. with Jeffrey Epstein and whatever relationship occurred with Virginia Roberts?
2: I don't remember meeting her at all. I do not remember a photograph being taken. And I've said consistently and um, and frequently that we never had any sort of sexual contact, whatever.
4: Now, that interview, of course, was so damaging. Prince Andrew was forced to step back from royal duties. He certainly hasn't returned. And from his representatives today, it is a very firm no comment. It is highly likely... Michael, this is just going to drag out for years. The prospect of Prince Andrew returning to New York to answer a civil case like yeah. this is pretty low. We know the FBI has been wanting to speak to him for many months now and so far it seems he has refused to do that. And because it is a civil case, he faces no prospect of being extradited either.
0: It's a dark cloud for the royal family. And this all broke while the Queen is on her summer holidays here.
4: Yeah, Her Majesty's been up at uh, Balmoral Castle for a couple of weeks now, but for the first time since before the pandemic, uh, the Queen has been welcomed to Scotland with a traditional ceremony inside the castle grounds. It was actually the first day that uh, Scotland faced no uh, coronavirus restrictions, so they were allowed to uh, have this ceremony uh, there at Balmoral, including the mascot for the Royal Regiment of Scotland, a Shetland pony, who the Queen has actually met on quite a few occasions. It is the first time that the Queen has been at Balmoral uh, since the death of her husband, Prince Philip, earlier this year, of course. And it's traditional for other family members to go and visit the Queen while she is in residence up there. So we will expect uh, possibly the Cambridges to visit. There is talk that Sarah Ferguson might go up there with Prince Andrew as well. And more often than not, the Prime Minister of the day will get an invite up there as yeah. well to spend at least a night up there. So Boris Johnson and his wife Carrie, and maybe son Wilfred might be up there as well.
0: What a fun bunch of people, Hugh. <laughs> there you go. All right, Hugh Whitfield outside Buckingham Palace. Thank you for that. ACAS
5: powers the world's
2: best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
3: Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank
0: In some developing news tonight, Lionel Messi has agreed to join French club Paris Saint-Germain for a two-year deal. The contract is thought to be worth around $47 million a year, plus another $40 million as a sign-on fee, after 21 years at Barcelona. Messi, you may recall, bid that tearful farewell to the club, who just couldn't afford to renew his contract. Now, Jim Atkins here with a look at the markets.
6: Thanks, Michael. A clean sweep of green across the board today. Even our local share market played ball, with the ASX200 notching up yet another record high. This despite lingering fears about the impact of the Delta variant on global growth. And while Asian investors may have been able to put those concerns to the side, their US counterparts are a little more cautious, with all three major indices pointing to a lower open. The oil price is steadying after falling for almost all of the month to date, also on fears that Delta's spread will crimp summer travel plans for those in the Northern Hemisphere. And after slipping further overnight, the Aussie dollar is a little moved in today's session. Michael.
0: Thank you, Gemma. Now, London's iconic Tower Bridge has reopened after a technical failure. Failure left it stuck in the open position for almost 12 hours. No traffic was able to cross the landmark bridge during the busy evening commute yesterday. The bridge was built over 120 years ago and opens around 800 times a year. Not today, though, to allow larger ships through. Well, thank you for your company this evening from the team here at Seven News. That is the latest. I'm Michael Usher. Have a good night.